0: It's not the government, the church, or even our schools. The home is the actual foundation of all societies, and it is steadily deteriorating. Do you realize how valuable your home is? Are you willing to do the homework required to be an influencer, a home influencer? Welcome to Homework with Kim. I'm Kimona Farkasin, and together we take Handed look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls and in our families in order to fulfill our God-given assignments. Just look around; you see it. We have some homework to do, so let's get started.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Homework with Kim. Thank you so much for joining me here, where we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls to ensure that at the end of a long, hard day, when our heads hit the pillow, we can truly declare home sweet home. I'm your host, Kim, and we are in the month of May, which is celebrated here in Jamaica as National Child's Month. And today, I want us to talk a bit about something that most of us as children loved. Children of today still love cartoons. <music> numerous explanations for why children adore cartoons so much as a child's age determines the tv shows and movies they like cartoons are said to be designed to meet the needs of children's developing brains they feature vivid colors varying degrees of movement and sound and straightforward themes or messages like compassion being a good friend resilience what they are to do when they're terrified and so forth Similar to adults, children tend to favor television programs they can identify with. Cartoon characters are frequently either children themselves or they act like children when they are animals, automobiles, beings, trains, you name it. As cartoons address developmentally appropriate issues or foster children's enormous imaginations, children are drawn in. But is it all just harmless entertainment? Years ago, a very popular children's network had a theme song, Not Just Cartoons. We're Nicktoons, it went on to say. And I think they were giving the masses a hint with the first part of that jingle. Perhaps adults didn't catch on then. But I think they were absolutely right. Let's look today, friends, at the fact that much of what appears to be innocent child friendly programming are not just cartoons, but are tools used in a far more sinister agenda. We must ask ourselves. Are some of these cartoons brainwashing our children? I recall that there were only a few children's cartoons available in the mornings on a Saturday and again in the afternoon when I was a child. We didn't have Netflix or Amazon Prime back then. Perhaps a good thing. The use of subliminal messages in something as pure and innocent as children entertainment is a well-debated issue. The world, I contend, is not so innocent. The usage of covert sexual and other images in the context of its big budget movies was initially alleged to have occurred at Walt Disney Pictures. Let's look further. You might think I'm being a little dramatic, but bear with me. TV has an impact on children's behavior, say both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. Neuroscientists have shown TV is a very quick medium. The spectator is bombarded with messages that seem to be fired automatically. And when a child gets used to getting knowledge so quickly, they become disinterested in information that is more methodical and comprehensive The majority of cartoons contain covert and overt messages intended to corrupt the morals, family values, and intelligence of the next generation of children. Psychologists in the southern Russian city of Krasnodar have urged the authorities to forbid the broadcast of the Pokemon Japanese animation. Despite the fact that it has been outlawed in many nations, including Japan itself, the animation has already been broadcast on Russia's state-run ORT national television network. According to Krasodar psychologists, the animation uses what they call a 25th shot method that has a harmful impact on children's subconscious. The impact of this shot neuro-linguistic programming, or to use another term, zombieing. This tendency is described by psychologists as intellectual genocide. Don't get me wrong. Many of the well-known children's TV networks like Disney, for instance, could be relied upon to provide safe, age-appropriate entertainment. That was until wokeness overcame them. So why should parents keep putting their faith in a corporation that incorporates indoctrination into children's entertainment? These are not just cartoons. Fast-moving cartoons like SpongeBob SquarePants, according to a recent study, make it difficult for children to focus and reason. While SpongeBob SquarePants may be a popular TV program for children, a recent study demonstrating detrimental impact on kids' cognitive development suggests SpongeBob may be losing its parent audience, and I can relate, but we'll get there. Fast-paced shows like SpongeBob, according to the study in the journal Pediatrics, impair children's ability to learn. Children's capacity to pay attention, solve problems, and control behavior are all negatively impacted by these fast-paced shows, according to a study led by University of Virginia psychologist Angeline Lillard. 64-year-olds were randomly allocated to one of three tasks throughout the study, free painting, watching a nine-minute PBS program, or watching Spongebob, which moves quickly. After that, cognitive thinking exercises like counting backwards or puzzle solving were given to the toddlers. Children who drew or watched the slower-paced animation performed considerably better on the tasks than Spongebob viewers. One explanation for this, in Lillard's opinion, is the standard monkey-see-monkey-do mentality. Children absorb the traits of frenzied, inattentive characters after they identify with them, according to Lillard. The study's conclusions weren't well received by everyone. In fact, a representative for Nickelodeon, David Bitler, asserted that the study was defective he highlighted the lack of diversity in the study only using white middle-class children and the fact that the show's intended audience is a six-year-old audience rather than the four-year-olds utilized in the study as reasons why the study couldn't possibly yield reliable results. I mean, here in Jamaica, we say fisherman, Nago say him fish. Stink. So we expect that from a representative at Nickelodeon. SpongeBob, which was first aired in 1999, is the only Nicktoon from the 90s that has not ended yet. And I can tell you, friends, I caught a glimpse of an episode the other day and I was flabbergasted. It was bright. It was quick. It was pointless. It made no sense. I tried to follow it. I could not at the end of it, which I didn't get all the way to the end. But my adult brain, when I was done viewing a few minutes of that Spongebob episode most recently, my brain felt like mush. But what about the issue of subliminal visual messages in cartoons? According to the American Heritage Dictionary, subliminal messaging is anything that occurs and I quote, below the threshold of conscious perception, inadequate to produce conscious awareness but able to evoke a response. In the domain of the media, this means that advertisers and programmers are sneaking messages into the media that you act upon without you realizing it. And they are doing it also to children. Children's cartoons are packed with many controversial topics such as violence and sexuality. Many parents, however, would be horrified to find out that cartoon creators purposefully brainwash their children by subtly incorporating messages that are never meant to be understood by the conscious mind but instead influence the subconscious to behave in a particular way. These are not just cartoons. Many acts of accused subliminal messaging are easily explained by a simple coincidence, they say like the infamous Disney stories which were the subject of accusations from the conservative Christian organizations like the American Life League in the 90s that the company was infusing its movies with sexually explicit subliminal messages. Many of the topics shown in the cartoons I can't even describe here otherwise this podcast will become an obscene one. And what about the Auditory subliminal messaging in these children's cartoons. You see, children are always attentive to the dialogue when watching cartoons. A young child is exposed to audio subliminal messages in their subconscious mind that they may never be aware of, but that will later become a part of their existence. The situation is fascinating in that popular cartoons tend to use these messages the most frequently. The usage of metaphors rather than vulgar language is the main criticism leveled towards SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob frequently yells, tartar sauce, if you've ever watched an episode, when he gets upset. That sentence may have the appearance of a curse word to an adult ear. And I'm not saying no cartoons. But I am calling on parents and guardians to be mindful that much of the programming is not just cartoons. They are not all innocent, so you must stand guard. Every child's childhood will undoubtedly include cartoons at some point. Many generations of children have grown up viewing animated films since the invention of cartoons more than a century ago. After viewing timeless animated stories such as Peter Pan, Aladdin, Cinderella Beauty, and the Beast, etc, many girls have now you know fantasized about being princesses, and many boys have envisioned themselves to be brave knights. However, cartoons can have both a positive and negative effect on the cognitive development and behavior of your child. What are some positives? They can aid, and I use the word aid loosely. Children can start learning early with the aid of cartoons. Cartoons can have an impact on children, especially when they are educational and teach them about colors, shapes, and numbers. I mean, of course, you could do a much better job at that as a parent than a cartoon could. But, you know, it could be used as a supplement. Children can learn fundamental concepts from these cartoons in a playful and engaging way, making learning a joyful pastime. Children find learning to be entertaining thanks to the animated talking pictures and vibrant graphics. Again, I think as parents, we could we could make it entertaining as well. It can also enhance creativity. Children's imaginations and inventiveness can be enhanced by watching cartoons. Your youngster you know, can be able to create original stories or works of art as a result of the cartoons he watches and will be able to think of fresh ideas that are inspired by specific cartoons. Books do a better job of doing that as well. Cartoons encourage laughter and stress relief. I mean, these children, they are growing up stressed. Cartoons, at least the ones back then, were funny to children who would frequently laugh at the antics of the cartoon characters and we know that laughter helps reduce stress and triggers the endorphins that will make them feel good and of course it can teach them about various topics burn cultures about the bible the life of jesus by watching some animated series like veggie tales which i highly recommend <laughs> Cartoons can have both, as I said before, beneficial and detrimental effects on a child's behavior and development. Here are some of the detrimental consequences cartoons may have on your children. It can encourage rude behavior and a lack of empathy. You see, many cartoons include characters who act disrespectfully or disobediently, Peppa Pig, against their parents and elders. Children may mimic this behavior and challenge their parents or teachers when they are disciplined for bad behavior. We do not want that. Cartoons can also encourage antisocial behavior. Many cartoons promote antisocial behavior and send the wrong ideas to children. Then there are cartoons that encourage hostility. They contain sexual innuendos and model bratty behavior. These can influence your child's behavior and lead them to believe that being violent, spoiled, or aggressive is okay. Some cartoons promote bad role models, and I've seen this. Children frequently idolize and imitate their favorite cartoon character, and that's how we were when we were growing up. You would say, oh, on Pop-Off Girls, I'm Bubbles, I'm Buttercup, and that kind of thing. So children would idolize and imitate their favorite cartoon character and strive to be just like them. Frequently, the person they admire may be a deceptive role model who promotes bad habits or acts insensitively toward other people. Children who experience this kind of psychological influence from cartoons are more likely to become withdrawn, uncommunicative, antisocial, or out of control. These are not just cartoons. So, friends, what kind of homework do we need to do concerning these cartoons and our children? First, we must be mindful that these are not just cartoons and that some of the creators of these animated series have dark motives. So, I suggest that we, one, watch with our children as much as possible When we watch cartoons with our children, we can keep an eye on what they are seeing and gauge their reactions to different plots. We can also filter out improper content and lock content that we don't want them to access. Use parental control programs with monitoring and filtering software. Don't leave the child unattended in front of the TV or the iPad for any extended period of time without checking on what they are seeing. Secondly, we should limit the watch time. Establish a rule, especially for small children, that limits the amount of time spent viewing TV or cartoons. Instead of letting them watch cartoons, you know, tell them to get up, go find something, go outside and play, go do something else. Thirdly, allow them to watch only cartoons that are age appropriate or informative and that do not promote bad behavior. Those are what you should be watching with your child. Fourthly, explain the difference between cartoons and reality. You, sh- you should be telling your child the distinction between reality and cartoons. Teach them about what is dangerous, what is proper, and what is unattainable. You could, for instance, tell your child, despite a character appearing to have avoided harm after suffering violence, this is not always the case. In other words, nobody got take up the foolishness where so you just see. Pan your head go try do it because... This can cause harm. Check out some informative channels. Lastly, and my favorite is to use audio or podcasts for story time instead of having them watch a cartoon. Just find some kid-friendly audio podcasts. If you type into Google kids-friendly audio podcasts, you'll you'll see some options come up and you can have them listen rather than watch a cartoon, as listening will encourage or children to be better listeners. Friends, as I conclude, please remember that for millions of children, TV ends up being the de facto babysitter, unfortunately. But do not forget that once they see it, they cannot unsee it. Save yourselves and your children from the agents who are out to ruin their morals and covertly program them against the values and principles of right and good. Before it's too late, do this. Keep in mind that much of these programs are not just cartoons. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of homework with kim i hope you have been encouraged to do the homework necessary to monitor the cartoons that your children are watching to keep in the back of your mind that hey this may look innocent but let me look a little closer because this may be one of those that is not just a cartoon. There could be something sinister hidden in what I'm about to allow my child to watch and I must stand guard and protect them from the evil that is around them. Again, I look forward to talking to you again. So until we meet again,
0: just look around, you see it. We have some homework to do. So let's get started.